Welcome to the Luna Holistic Podcast. I'm your host, Geneva Robbins, and every month on this podcast, we'll talk about Reiki, as well as answering your questions on all things spiritual. We are gratefully located in Calgary in Treaty 7 territory. Thank you all and welcome to the show. My name is Geneva Robbins, and this is the Luna Holistic Podcast. Today, I've got Rita Reddy, also with Luna Holistic, here with us. Say hi, Rita. Hello. Good to see you. Good to hear from you. I'm excited for our topic today. We're actually kicking off season two today, so that's also super exciting. Oh. And with that is our topic is how do you listen to your inner wisdom which is a big one getting clarity on what that part of you is that gives you the inner wisdom and tools to tap into it and how can you tell the difference between wise guidance from your soul and the nattering chatter of your ego and the difference between the two. So we'll be sharing our kind of top tips and tricks and strategies to tune into that core place of knowing deep inside your heart. Before we jump into that, let's do a little meditation. I like to call the collective breath of gratitude. So if you're not driving, you can close your eyes. If you are, keep your eyes open. And otherwise, <laughs> you can gently close your eyes just for a minute. And just take a deep breath, relaxing into the support below you. And just let go with a big, giant sigh of relief. Letting... Your energy connect with the energy deep within the earth. That constant, wise, abiding life force energy deep within the planet. Maybe feeling the tug of gravity, the feeling of support and nurturance. And into the earth, send a deep, wave of reverence and gratitude. Noticing all of the plants and animals, the water, wind and trees all around you. Supporting every breath, every day. And feel that gratitude reverberate back to you. At each exhale is an exhale of gratitude, and each inhale is the receiving of gratitude. Thank you. And you can gently open your eyes. Yay! Thanks, Rita. <laughs> How did Thanks. that go for you? Oh, very nice. It's always good to do that. Yes. 
Just a second, just a couple moments to recenter, reconnect, ground. That is a little bit of a fast forward to one of my top tools to connect with my inner wisdom and guidance. That's something that I do all of the time to help me kind of reconnect or get my bearings, you know. Yeah, to become present. Becoming present is a big piece, but I'm curious for you, Rita, you've done a lot of inner work and introspection throughout the years as a Reiki master and trilotherapist, as well as all of the other inner and outer work that you've done. What's your pathway to your inner knowing? My pathway? Definitely breath. It should also be meditation. And I know I need to make time for that because meditation gets me there so much deeper, I think. But definitely breath and breathing and like breathing consciously, like conscious breath, like breathing in for, you know, like eight seconds, breathing all the way out for the for eight seconds. I feel like I always count. I time myself and that's how I get back to like myself and like if I'm I'm feeling you know rushed or out of sorts or I need to like think about something for a second I definitely like need to get my bearings like you said I definitely do in and out breast and count mm-hmm. eight seconds in eight seconds out and it, yeah it helps me yeah that's it that's awesome I love that Cause it's so it's so simple, right? Like you don't need any fancy technology. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's accessible right now, and you can do it while you're driving. You can do it while you're grocery shopping, and no one is the wiser, you know, that you're doing some self care. Yeah, and twenty breaths is something that I've also done. Oh. Is because it even. Without a timer, that's going to be a good couple, depending on how fast you're breathing and how fast you're counting. It gives you that moment to regroup and it will be a couple of minutes, you know, of meditation. I'm a big fan of setting a timer as well for it because I find if I'm really overwhelmed, I lose my sense of time. So if I don't have a timer in a meditation, I will start fidgeting about a minute in and think that it's already been five minutes, but it hasn't. It's only been a minute. (laughs) So what I find is that for me around the five minute mark is when your nervous system starts to settle. I think of it as if you've been constantly bombarded with information. So say just even sensory information, disregarding the emotional content of your life. Just the go, go, go-ness that happens in our day. I think of it as like if you looked at a bright light for a few minutes and then you look away, you get the sort of after image that sort of the signal is still being sent from the cells in your retina. So you see like the after image on a blank wall, right? And that it takes a couple of minutes for for your retinas even you know, your nerve to stop sending the signal, oh, we just saw a bright light. Yeah. (laughs) Right? That's such a good analogy. 
if you think of like the sensory inputs that you're putting into your brain, just the straight up physical brain, you're looking at a phone, gadgets, you know, driving, lots of sensory stimulus from all kinds of different places, that it's going to take a good five minutes for that signal to start fading, to clear that slate, and to give yourself that time and patience to let yourself come out of that heightened state. You know, that's also why I feel like closing your eyes is useful, being in a still environment. If you can, you can't always control the sound, but going into a quieter place or a place with gentle music, if music is too, is another sensory input, sometimes turning the music off is a relief. Looking for, you know, sometimes it's also a bit of, we don't realize the amount of inputs that are in our system until we turn them off. So say there's a light that hums or there's a fan going somewhere and you turn that off and all of a sudden you feel a drop in your shoulders. It's like we can't control a lot of things in our world. But, but those things, if you can control them and give yourself that time away, that sort of sensory stillness and and then breathing slower, it's like it can help. I think it turns the tide on that stress response because I think stress can really block our inner wisdom from coming forward. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. yeah. My favorite, that reminds me of my favorite time of day. It would be random, but at my old office, there was white noise. Mm. And every day about 3.30, it would just turn off like, to reset or whatever and it was so dramatic the change was just like like how you said like your shoulders drop it was intense like I was like I didn't even know it was there until it wasn't and you're like whoa like that is a noise that's constantly on and I yeah like I couldn't believe it the difference in yeah yeah energy, like just your shift of your own yeah, stress level or just like heightened or like lack of awareness too. Like there's a lack of awareness sometimes that things are stimulating you. And then all of a sudden when they're gone, you're like, oh. And I think that's why like being in nature or being somewhere, you know, like in the, the deep woods, you know, or the mountains or camping, mm -hmm. that kind of thing is so important and like, that shut off is so healing in a lot of ways and centering and grounding. Yeah. There's a couple of phrases that popped into my head as you were sharing that. And, and one is the like, I can't hear myself think, which yeah. is something we say quite a bit. But I think it's literally true that when when we're bombarded with sensory information, it's really hard to tune into that inner wisdom. So just giving yourself that space and silence is going to, you know, however you can get it, even if it's just for a few minutes of solitude will help you tune in, you know, sort of getting away from the noise and chaos of other people and 
even your own mind too. So I think counting your breaths or, or, you know, counting to eight on the inhale and counting to eight on the exhale is really wise because you can hand your mind a job. Brains love to think. So if you can give it something easy to think about, it's like, just think about this while we sit here. You can kind of distract the part that wants to like run away, you know, and and interrupt the ruminating thoughts that are maybe causing a cascade of emotion and almost like just giving yourself a little bit of rest. Yeah, I find in meditation is, especially in very difficult and stressful times, meditation is the most restful space that I can get into. Even sleep, I, I mean, I think sleep is really, really important as well. But when I'm really in a difficult or an emotional state, my dreams tend to be very, very restless and leaning more towards nightmares or just strange and weird. You wake up and you're like, I have a puzzle to look on my my face every morning. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) every morning. (laughs) Like what? You get your morning face. Yeah. (laughs) It's just mental fog for me most of the time, (laughs) but but I find the true rest happens in meditation. And I recently read a book, uh, How to Change Your Mind by Michael Pollan. And he talks a lot about, that book is all about how psychedelics work and and how they can be used in therapy and, and things like that. He talks a lot about the changes in the brain of the default mode network, which is sort of the part of our brain that's active when we're not really thinking about anything. It's sort of the background hum, you know, the background noise that's causing us to be tense until it somehow turns off. And that when they look at brain activity or the amount of energy that brains use, that the only thing that drops brain activity is met deep meditation or taking psychedelic mushrooms, but you can also get there with meditation or alternate forms, which to me is Reiki. Reiki, you can get to these like deeper states where you can train yourself basically to calm that, what do they call the me network? So it's, it's the part of us or ego space they can actually find there's a bunch of neurons that get busy thinking about yourself <laughs> when and when left to its own it will just sort of rev up and that's where we ruminate and go over and over problems and we can get into that worried state of mind that connected a lot for me because i realized That's what's happening when I'm meditating is like, it's the only place I feel restful because it's the place where I'm actually turning off a part of my brain or giving it just rest. Yeah. (laughs) And I think it's very intentional. Whereas when you go to sleep, it's very like mechanical or like, you know, it's just a routine that your body goes through, but meditation is like intentional and you sit and you wait and you like you intend to rest your mind during that time and so your energies I guess are are t- 
taken inward in order to rest your mind. And I don't know, maybe also like approaching sleep like that is not a bad idea. (laughs) (laughs) When you were saying that, I was like, maybe if I just decided to sleep, to rest instead of just, oh, it's bedtime, then it would be different. But yeah, who knows? But I think, yeah, that's the thing about meditation is you're going in there to turn things off. And that's the whole beauty of it. Yeah, which is always fascinating, like that in order to get an answer, you have to turn everything, you have to turn the noise down on the parts that don't know, right? So your ego mind doesn't know about your inner wisdom. Is your ego mind, though at times can be helpful because it's just trying to protect you from the world in general and protect itself, it is only able to access the information that's in front of you. So it's only able to access things that it's already experienced or is already currently active. It has no access to the waves of infinite potential, to the knowing deep in your heart, to the resonance of your soul, the part of you that is that inner wisdom, your center in trilotherapy terms, that core part of your being. That is the witness, that silent witness to every event in your life, to all of your lives, and that you can take this sort of zoomed out sky view of of all of what's happening in your in your day and see that bigger picture and tune into what that core part of you genuinely feels and knows about what's happening that voice tends to be quieter it tends to be calmer a question i get quite a lot is how do you tell the difference between a true message like your own intuition or knowing and your ego how do you know you're not getting pulled off track and just sort of chasing your tail <laughs> you know and for me it's the the tone of the voice is different the tone of those messages are calming they're connected they f- resonate deeply where I feel them in my body is in a different place. So messages from my inner being, I feel more in my core. So it kind of feels like it's coming from my heart or my belly, like deep inside. It's almost like the wisdom of my bones. Like I can just feel it. It's very relaxing and reassuring, even if what's encouraging me to do is actually kind of makes me feel vulnerable or it's a big step forward or it's a big change it's still calm it's like nope that's the best path and I just know it's very matter of fact it doesn't stir me up and it it withstands my endless questions so I can question it and the answer is always calm and reassuring and comforting and quite wise My ego likes to talk in always never language. It likes to whip me up into a frenzy 
and disasterize every to to chase down every single conceivable disastrous path from where I am to where I could be, looking at all of the most horrible options. And the gorier, the better. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like this one thing happens. So there, therefore, that means everybody yeah, I love will die. It'll always we are happen. all gonna die. That's yes, what my ego likes to always, go to. Always never. Yeah. The always never voice. That's such a good... It talks in extremes and the where I feel it in my body. So when I tune in in meditation, where I feel those thoughts is way up by my mental field. It's like a buzz of bees around my head. And it doesn't make me feel good. Usually it makes me feel tense. I'll feel tension in my body. I'll feel tension in my jaw. I'll be like wired for fight or flight. And the solutions that it asks. So first of all, it doesn't like questions. So it'll shut down questions or become more and more extreme once questioned. And <laughs> I just realized I'm like, well, I have this like very tyrannical little voice in my head. I think many people do though. I think it's a common, common thing. And they can, it could take over. It does take over and people listen to it more often than not. Like, especially if you're not trained out of not listening to it. No, if you've never heard of inner wisdom or if you've never heard of listening to your gut or being still and like feeling for those feelings of calm and reaching for them, then you wouldn't go there necessarily. And I think a lot of people don't. I think like in the past, I definitely didn't. Like I would always be making decisions from my ego, always never head and like, Mm-hmm. Yeah, just living like that day to day. Yeah, it doesn't go well, though, because I realize for me, my mind is just making things up. And it's usually making things up to minimize other people's ego responses. So what decision can I make that's going to make the fewest number of people mad at me? <laughs> but that isn't the best decision for me. That's best for my ego. My ego doesn't like it when... I do things that are contrary or original or vulnerable or put myself out there. But if I don't take those wise but bold steps forward, then I stagnate. And life actually becomes less and less comfortable and more and more like there's just a lack of movement and the lack of energy. If you're only ever you know, soothing the ego, then there's not that sort of spark. There's that feeling of absence of like not being on the right path is actually quite distressing, especially when you feel like you're meant for something more, that there's like a big thing within you that you want to make, create, experience, you know, go on these journeys, write an epic novel, like, you know, express yourself in some way, that ego will never be on board with the things that your heart longs the most for. (laughs) At least for me. (laughs) My ego is not on board with the podcast at all. It kicked up a giant fuss and continues 
to every month, but I do it anyway, because my heart says this is the right thing and that people could benefit from it. And it's, and it's good, right? So I keep following the wise part that says, keep going forward. It's totally fine. And your fears aren't real. (laughs) (laughs) Your fears are, well, and your fears might be real, but they're, they're not the only perspective. And so, like you said, the fear comes from this could always happen. And it comes from experiences that yourself has had. And so your ego comes in to protect you and keep you safe and keep you from doing the things or wasting time, you know, or doing things that it has experienced the outcomes of and the negative outcomes of and so yeah there's a part of you that will always have a negative experience from something but that exact same interaction or that exact same task also produces gems and like also comes from that ideas part of yourself and your like emotional heart center space of yourself that can change those outcomes and try again and that's the piece of you that like walks forward and tries again when nine times out of ten you failed that one time that your heart like propels you over your ego and says actually I'm gonna try just one more time and and that will be the time that you could succeed and the outcome will never be the same even in those nine times out of ten they were never the same they might have been you know, the thing, they might've been a negative outcome, but it's always that knowing if your, your heart has that deep knowing that, no, there's a gem in this and there's something that I need to like learn or do or create that's going to be successful. That is how like success happens is like overcoming your fears. And that's the whole thing is like, you need to overcome your fears. And that's what overcoming your fears is, is like, silencing that ego protector thing and and continuing with your inner knowing and inner wisdom and continuing to listen to the calm voice inside of you that has these desires and knowledge and creativity that will produce the jewels of your life because that's how all the good stuff happens that's how all the good stuff happens yeah Yeah. And if we're not, you know, taking those well-placed vulnerable risks, then our world starts shrinking rather than expanding because growth happens when we lean into new experiences rather than leaning away from them. And it's okay to be discerning. I think that's like the, it's useful to be in a kind relationship with your ego but also realizing that it's just, it's often just afraid. So it doesn't help you just to, you know, be mean or rough with the part that's scared, but being gentle and kind and loving. I think of it as like, I'll take what my ego says under advisement, but I'm going to take it to the wise part of me, my heart. And I was like, because sometimes the ego has a point 
right? Like these people might be upset if you do this thing and that you really want to do. Yes. And, you know, that's okay if they're upset and I can also do things to mitigate that if I need to, you know, but if you are always following, following the path of minimizing the risk, it doesn't always lead you to the juiciest places in life. But you also don't want to swing too far the other way, which is completely disregarding the protector, which is saying, don't go there. Yeah. <laughs> like you went there before and XYZ happened. So it's more like acknowledging XYZ and saying, okay, yes, I understand that XYZ happened. And yes, like going to that place with compassion and for the safekeeper part of you and also helping them to feel at ease, like helping the ego to feel at ease for protecting you and saying like, I acknowledge that you're, you know, that you're right, like that you've got a point. And I think that there can be a different outcome this time, or I think the outcome that is possible in here as well. And we haven't seen that possibility yet. So if we don't try, we won't, we won't get there. And, and like, it's okay to be afraid, you know, the heart side of you is afraid too. If you don't try, you won't know your world will become smaller because you're allowing those fear decisions to be the ones to be the decision. Like, right. Like you're, you're saying, okay, yep, you're right. I'm not going to try again. I'm not going to do it again. I don't need to, you know, quit my job and go back to school or I don't need to write that book because you know the first 10 pages sucked or whatever (laughs) yeah (laughs) nobody liked it which may be fair it may be fair and that might be the best option you don't know but if the gut is telling you that it's not the best option then you have to also acknowledge and listen to that are you ready for a chance to connect deeply to yourself your soul and your greater purpose the luna holistic retreat is happening july 28th to 30th 2023 we'll be at the gorgeous warm and cozy mount ingadine lodge right in the Rocky Mountains in Kananaskis. You'll connect to stillness and really listen to what's happening inside. We'll take you through guided self-healing practices, meditation and journaling. And of course, you'll receive Reiki sessions there from our lovely Reiki master practitioners. We'd love to see you at the Luna Holistic Retreat. Find out more at lunaholistic.com slash retreat. I always think it's like sometimes you, when you make those choices to back off from what your heart's calling you to do, that great idea does not leave you alone. Another good indicator of like, okay, forward really is the only way. I have a bunch of tools and tricks that I use to know if I'm on the right track and how to get myself back on the right track. But I'm wondering if you had like a 
quick list of sort of your top three to five resources for people of how to tune into their inner wisdom. You had already mentioned meditation and mindfulness. Is there other things like books or other resources that you like to go to? Yeah. So I think I was telling you earlier about Julia James. She was a career coach that I was working with. She has a book as well. I can't remember what it's called right now, but her business is called Career Clarity Coaching. And I found her through my cousin who was utilizing her services. And she has this trick that I used to decide between two jobs. And then I like in turn took it and I like got my sister to do it. And, <laughs> it, it, and you know, because it speaks to me, like, especially on a Reiki level, like listening to your body, sitting with yourself, knowing what your body and your energy is telling you. So basically, Julia took me through two scenarios. So she said, you know, pick a word that describes the one job and pick another word that describes the other job. So she wrote them down and she was like, okay, now sit in a spot or stand in a spot, whatever feels right. And say that word of the one job, say the first word and choose whichever one you want it to be. It's very open. And I think all of these pieces were very important to how, how like kind of loose or free your body can be while doing this exercise, you know, just relax, take deep breaths and now say the word and then just notice what your body is doing. And that was so impactful because for the one job, my body was like sitting low in a chair, head hanging down, shoulders hunched. And I didn't think physicality of it would be so telling. I didn't think that it would be like that. Like, I, I don't know if I was just going to sit here and think about the two and not really get into my body and do the exercise, it would have been a much different outcome because I would have thought to myself, like, I know what I'm going to do in those scenarios. But like, you know, if I was just journaling about it or something like that, it wouldn't have been as impactful as sitting in a spot and just saying the word. Like, that was so impactful. So heading down, body low. And then the second job, you know, she's like, okay, now shake it all off you know, and just 60 seconds on a timer was all I needed to like get those details of like, what's your physical body doing? And then the second one, so she's like, shake it all off, go to a different, completely different spot in the room, do a different thing, say the word, and then decide what your body's going to do. Or, you know, like your body will decide what it's going to do. And it was completely different. I was standing up straight. I was standing first of all and then my you know my head was held high and it was just a word that like encompassed all of these things that I knew I felt about this other job you know and if I was just gonna sit there and write a list of pros and cons it wouldn't have been the same and like it wouldn't have been coming from a place of inner wisdom it would have been coming from the fears that you have and your ego-based responses and like you would have you know written all these things about I feel like this tool can be so helpful in dating you know in relationships you meet a person online or something and you're like 
okay, like all the boxes are checked for this person to be great, but how do they make your body feel? Like what is your body telling you? And it will be an interesting outcome. I guarantee it. Like I, like now that I'm thinking about it, I want to use it like in a lot of different scenarios, you know, or going on a trip. Like, do I go to this place or this place? Or, you know, do we keep go camping this year or we do we go to Disneyland? Like, I think, you know, regardless of finances or time or people, I think using this tool can be very different if you just tap into it and and you know you can use it in conjunction with writing a pros and cons list and even compare to see like how well that works I think I'm gonna use it in different scenarios like that because it was so impactful like it definitely helped me make my decision well that's awesome we'll put a link in the description about that that's good yeah, yeah fantastic yeah I, I totally agree like a lot of it comes back to like using a few moments of meditation to get still and then in that stillness ask your body that place inside sometimes the question like if you knew if your soul knew the answer if the deepest wisest most compassionate part of you could speak what would it say so I do that quite a bit with journaling I will ask a question and then I let the wisdom inside answer where you can even think of connecting to the consciousness of your future you so maybe your 80 year old self who's already lived it has been through the experience successfully and is looking back at you now and what advice would that wise you give you about what's happening right now yes and actually a key piece that reminds me of doing the job exercise was sit at your desk think about what will be in front of you when you're doing this job you know, and then ask, like, what's your body doing? So the 80-year-old self is really good. Like, that is another part of, like, what should happen in this. Like, think of the word, but also think of what that means and, like, what the scenario is. And it'll come to you anyways, like, as you're in the 60 seconds. But any technique that gets you out of your mind and into your body, into the deeper grounded for me, it's the heart space or coming back and getting grounded and rooted. You had mentioned about being outside in nature because nature is very harmonizing. It helps you reset and clear because you're basically connected to that higher wisdom in nature. You can put a little plug in here that we have a retreat coming up at the end of July. That's a good dip into nature. But I think also just like finding any little patch of green. So even if you're in the middle of a very, very busy city, there's usually going to be a little park somewhere, uh, even just a potted plant, right? A garden. And if you don't have access to any of those, a 
picture of nature or a video of nature is the same thing to your brain. <laughs> your brain can't tell the difference between looking out a window and looking at a picture on the wall. It has the same reactions in the body. And just giving yourself a few moments to sort of tune in because your body is incapable of lying. Your mind can trick you, but your body knows. So noticing, you know, the tension in your jaw. I think of it as we've got this intuition that lives in our body and our whole body is our antenna for a bunch of information, both from our physical senses, but also from our intuitive senses. And that when you're in that clear state, so you've given yourself a few moments to ground and connect and you know, clear your mind with a few moments of meditation, then it's much, much easier to notice what's happening in your interior, what you're feeling. And I often think of it as like, when you've got an option, one way might feel like going through an open door. It feels open. It feels free. It feels like relief. Even if it's vulnerable, it'll feel like freedom and ease and relief. And if it's not the right way, you feel tension, you feel stuck, you feel like you're going the wrong way or turned around or disconnected. It feels like the doors are closed. The one place feels fresh and vital. Even tuning in, asking yourself, which way feels like forward? Does this option in front of you feel like forward? Does it feel like back or does it feel like a step to the side or spinning in place? <laughs> you know. <laughs> and we always need that step forward, even if it's tiny. It doesn't have to mean making a big choice. Sometimes tiny changes can add up to a lot. So tiny symbolic choices that help you sort of try on what that change could be. Yeah. You know, so you don't have to jettison everything. You do a little bit of research on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know, talk to people, interview people that are in the space that you want to go to, right? You can explore. You can give yourself time to do research and feel into, you know, gather more information. If in doubt, gather more information. Good stuff. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Rita. This has been yeah. awesome. I love all of the ideas you shared. I'm totally going to check out that book that you recommended and that process. That sounds awesome. I'm always on the lookout for new materials. We'll link a few other grounding meditations and things like that, that you can help you tap into your intuition in the show notes. So keep an eye out for those. But thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thanks, Geneva. Always a pleasure to talk to you. Awesome. Yay. Thanks, everybody. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us on the Luna Holistic Podcast. We're so grateful that you are here. 
If you've got a question, we'd love to hear from you. Go to lunaholistic.com slash podcast and we'll answer you in an upcoming episode. Be sure to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And also please rate because you never know where your little five stars will go to shine light into somebody's heart today. So thank you very much and we'll see you next time.